Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. It's a bit of a different service this morning, but we don't mind, amen. We're not governed by program, but we're very sensitive to what the Lord would have us do. I really want to encourage you, if you listen carefully, the Holy Spirit will lead you. Even normally in life, you're at work. Be led by the Spirit, chatting to someone. Be conscious that He guides your words. He determines what you say, how you say, how you respond to people. This is all the doing of the Lord. Amen. And so I want to encourage you um, to be spirit-led. And that has catapulted me. I got back and still spending time with the Lord. Um, last night I slept earlier than the, the family, but I was up at 2 o'clock a.m. The dogs were barking, but I couldn't sleep afterwards. I just chatted to the Lord. You know, developed intimacy. Intimacy is my new preoccupation. Amen. Do you know you can become so word, full of, so full of the knowledge of the word of the Lord that sometimes you rely on that as your, as your anchor to do what you need to do? And God said it's, it's word and it's spirit. Amen? It's word and. So I want to stress that you must spend time with the Lord. It's very, very important. It's highly imperative. Can I just share for 15 minutes? Okay. I know time is far gone. It's quarter to 11 now. We normally conclude by 11. But I believe that God has spoken in very profound ways to all of our hearts. Amen. What I wanted to share, I cannot finish now, but I want to drop at least the kernel thought. And then later on, uh, next time, I will prosecute the matter thoroughly, publicly, so that you have a biblical foundation for what I'm about to say. Amen. It's eight pages here, so, yeah. We'll never get through this now. But I want to at least leave you the text and leave you the word of the Lord for you to focus on this week. Okay. Last week, we focused on Psalm 84 and verse 11. Okay. By now you can quote it. What does it say? The Lord your God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory no good thing will, does he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And last week, we focused on this aspect, God as a son. I just posted that sermon on the website on Saturday because we had problems with the software, um, editing software program in the week. It's all been resolved. If you haven't listened to last week, I really encourage you. What does this mean where it says God is a son? Because from his son position, he gives grace. And from his shield position, he gives glory. Okay? But we, we, we spoke of the qualities of the son as light, as, as life, as energy, and as light that exposes or illuminates and gives insight and revelation. Now, I will come back to this verse in about three sessions from now. There's another aspect about the sun that I want to lay out for you, but it will take a whole service. So 
I will leave that for a later time. What I felt for today, in terms of this aspect, that God does not withhold any good thing from the person that walks uprightly. And the word top there has a wide array of meanings, as I've said, that good things are going to come to those who walk uprightly. And as you've heard in Bruce's testimony this morning, I really want to encourage you to trust God, not just for good things. And I'll, I'll teach you later that whatever God does, He does not as an end in itself, but the, the works of God are designed to reveal the Word of God. Another way of saying it is God's performance, what He does, always seeks to highlight His person, who He is. We want to be the recipients of what God does, always on the receiving end of works, His doings. But whatever He does is designed to showcase who He is. So if you seek Him with the mindset, please, you must understand this. This will set you free. If you seek Him with the mindset that do the thing so I can know you more, doing the thing is not an end in itself. And neither do you camp at the thing done, but you take what is done to show you who did it. Because many people want the blessing, but not the blessor. The healing, but not the healer. The provision, but not the provider. You want the hand of God, but not the face of God. And I'm saying, if my people which are called by my name, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face if you seek God's essence his nature his being his character you will get his hand amen otherwise you're going to always engage God as an orphan you always with a give me give me give me mentality without a quest within you to God I want to know you I want to know you and I've resigned myself to this thought that every time God does something amazing, God does something, a good thing. Everyone say a good thing. It's always, like I said last week, when he made the heaven and the earth, what God made in terms of works deputizes on God's behalf. Not so? It deputizes. If a deputy is functioning, the deputy is an ambassador or representation of the main, the main person. Not so? So God's works and what He does deputize or speak for on His behalf. That is why it's called a sign. A sign is not a destination. A sign and a wonder means it points to something. Even in the Greek, if you study the word sign in the Greek, it literally means not intended as the ultimate thing. It's designed to showcase something, to showcase something else. You will find this when you study the book of John. There are seven miracles recorded in the book of John, right? A lot of the Gospels record a lot of miracles. But John records, he's very selective in what accounts he gives of Jesus. And all the miracles are intended to showcase the I am's of the Lord. All the I am statements are in the book of, of John. So when he heals and he feeds the 5,000 with bread, what does he say immediately afterwards? I am what? I am the bread of? Of life in John 9, when he healed the, the man with the with the, was blind from birth, immediately he says, I am the light of the I am the light of the world. John 11, when he comes to Lazarus, 
and the man is dead. What does he say? I am the resurrection. So what I'm going to do is raise this to show this brother who is dead, to show who I am. He talks in John 10 about sheep, and he says, I am the good shepherd. And you'll find the seven I am statements throughout the book of John, all prefaced on something he did to show who he was. If you camp at the recipient end of, give me, give me, give me, give me, do for me, do for me, do for me, and you don't translate what he did to unveil who he is. Sometimes you short-circuit what he can do because he realizes this is going to be short-circuited and will not go through to my logical end. And let me just say this to you. Expect good things. Everyone say good things. I'm expecting God to do amazing things. But my desire is, God, whenever you do it, show me. You see, who does not want to be blessed? Anybody? Yeah. I want to be blessed. My both hands are up. I want to always God to do things for me. But if my focus is simply solve my issue, provide for my need, fill the gap, supply me, if that's my focus, and I never ever let what he would do for me to showcase who he is to me. See, what he does for you is always to reveal what he desires to be to you. Right? You will always short-circuit the divine intention of the Lord. And then, when he does it for you, watch. The thing did for you takes you away from him who did it. Right? I've seen this many times. It's like when people are blessed, they suddenly get amnesia. And they, that's why, you know, this is, not my, this is not my message. Listen carefully. That is why, listen carefully, when, in Deut if you read Deuteronomy 8, everyone say Deuteronomy 8. Your homework for this afternoon, I'm still a teacher. Right? I taught for 17 years at high school. Right? So I like giving homework. Your homework for today, brethren, is Deuteronomy 8. Okay? In fact, let's read it. Listen, this is another wind of the spirit moment here because I'm not going to get to Joshua where I want to go to. Okay, we don't have time. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Can I just read this? This is, the, this is the doings of the Lord. Okay. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be what careful to do that you might live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your forefathers watch you will remember all the way which the lord has led you in the wilderness these 40 years that he might humble you watch testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not think about it what god is saying i led you through a wilderness to do what to humble you tell someone humble yourself some of you, God dried up your economy to humble you. Some of you, God stopped provision to humble you. Sometimes the hand of the Lord in terms of what he can do for you, you know, the best way God can get the attention of a man is to dry up his economy. Look at natural Israel. Whenever they went away from the Lord, what did God do? Shut the sky. No rain. And in the midst of drought, the nation turns and refocuses. 
you can track this pattern in the Old Testament like a cycle. The nation's on top, victory, provision, things going well, and we, they don't let what God does lead them to God's person. And guess what? God has to shut it up so that they can, because pride, listen carefully, let me just say this, never ever let pride fill your hearts, particularly when God does something profound for you. I want to encourage you. Do you remember when they caught the fish, the huge haul of fish, the disciples? Do you know what Peter did? The Bible says, and Peter dropped to his knees and he got before the Lord and he said, I am a sinner. What? How can provision lead to repentance? Peter saw something. He wasn't so embroiled by the sign and the wonder and be raptured in ecstasy about the blessing associated with that. What God did humbled him. He came in repentance. He says, wow, God, I'm a sinner. I want to encourage you. I submit to you today. Please hear me. I'm a prophet in this mode right now. Listen carefully. If your heart is right before the Lord, God will do amazing things for you. And when he does, watch for pride. Still stay humble. You fall to your knees if you have to. And say, God, thank you. What you've done has shown me your heart. You've given something profound to someone so unworthy and so undeserving of it. And I think this, perhaps this flow this morning is the leading of the Lord. Because for the past few weeks, we've been focusing on Psalm 84 verse 11. Everyone say good things. And you can leave here arrogantly and say good things, good things, good things. Right? And you don't have a sense of sobriety, soberness, and sanity about the posture of your spirit. Right? I really want to encourage you. God does two things to humble you. Listen carefully. You choose which one. Right? Choice is yours, right? Firstly, he will take you through a wilderness for a long time until you learn humility. Or when he does break through for you, you can humble yourself and stay in that place. Amen. The choice is, the choice is yours. Amen. Then it says, you see, he wants to know what's in your heart. Whether you're going to keep his commandments or not. Verse 3 says, he humbled you and he let you be hungry. Watch. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives on everything that proceeds out of the, the mouth of God. What is God saying? I tested you. I stopped your economy. I dried up your provision for two things. I want to check what's in your heart. Right? I want to check what's, what's driving you. I want to check what's in your heart. Heart and also to teach you a very important principle that man does not live by bread alone. In other words, you're focusing on bread issues, practical provision issues, but God is saying to Israel, what you really need is my proceeding word. Amen? And I want to encourage you, never keep yourself out of the range of God speaking. Amen? You know, Pastor Thamo taught POA on Wednesday in Santon. 
Now, I track my father. I really do. At times, I, I'm so um, jealous that he's there so far. Because when he was in Maddisburg, it was so easy to go to meetings. You could be there in an hour and it was done, inexpensive. But now that he's moved to Santon, so I knew, I knew POA was happening this week in Santon. I was busy the whole day teaching in Malawi. I got back to my hotel room at about 6 in the evening. And guess what? I was tired. But I put on the YouTube channel. And for the next three and a half hours, I ordered a meal, sat in my room, and I, I engaged the word of the Lord. I was tired. I had preached the whole day. But what do I realize? What is my preeminent need? I've been giving off, giving off the whole day, preaching to others. I said, God, my father has just released something profound. I'm dying to know what did he say? Am I missing something? Whole Santon is blessed. I don't want to be left out. I want to put my ear under the sound of the speaking of the Lord. And wow, wasn't I blessed. I sent him a text. Thank you for the word of the Lord that you gave today. Did something. Tell someone what you need is more than bread. You need word. Tell someone more than bread. More than bread. I never absent myself from any meeting unnecessarily. Especially if my father is hosting it. And he's so far. You've seen the costs I go through to be there. And if it's not, I will, I will Skype. Or I will track. Right? I've just burnt a CD now. The past six weeks he taught on the uh, high priestly role in his, in his church. Right? So as I drive in my car, it's playing. What am I, what am I doing? What's my greatest need? What's going to give me success? What's going to make me prosperous? What's going to make me successful is word. People don't get it. What's going to make you successful is word. I can't explain it. I can't define it. I don't know how it works. All I know is I am blessed. I am blessed because my spirit is constantly under the sound of words. Amen. Tell someone what you need is words. Verse 4, quickly. Our time will be next five minutes. I like this, what God says. Your clothing did not wear out, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. God kept you. Hallelujah. Who's grateful for the keeping of the Lord? Amen. You're not dead yet. <laughs> You're not gone. You're not down and out yet. Don't wait to get there, but I'm saying, God's been good to us. Hallelujah. God's been very good. I am so, so grateful. Amen. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was doing what? He was disciplining you because He disciplines sons. Sometimes God's wilderness experience that He brings to a son is the context in which He disciplines the son. Just cooperate. You know, when you are in this place, I've been here, by the way, many, many times. I've been here, down this road, so many times. And you know, God is like a patient disciplinarian. He will revisit the same thing to you over and over again until you learn your lesson. Yeah? It's like a circle in a, a cycle. Amen? And then you come out of the orbit. It's like, you know how you turn those circles? It leaves the orbit of that circular motion. Until you learn the lesson, God takes you out of it. Then you can start moving forward. Right? What did he say to Israel after, I think, a few, two or three years? You have circled this mountain. 
too long, long enough. Now turn he northward and, and, pro, and proceed. Verse 6. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and not to fear him. Right? By the way, what book are we in here? How does the, how does the verses, how does the order of the Bible go? Who knows the Bible? At least the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. This is, the, this is the fifth, which is grace, right? Deuteronomy, a lot of the stuff is repeated as in Exodus. But everyone say deuta. Deuta means again. Say nomos. Nomos means the law. Deuta again. Nomos, ronomy. Deuteronomy is the law the second time or the law again. Right? But listen carefully. When they came out of Exodus, God gave them the law. Not so? After 11 days. Remember? But he gave them the law to people that knew slavery for 430 years. So it was given to a specific mindset. Now they've journeyed how long? How many years later is this? 40 years later, what's ahead of them? Come on, what's ahead of them? Promised land. The law is repeated a second time. To minds that must be set on conquest, not on minds that have just recovered from bondage. So when you read, this is a general principle you must apply to the whole book of Deuteronomy. If God is arming your mind, listen, I speak prophetically. God is saying, you are now going about to experience things you've never experienced before. You're now going to handle things you've never handled before. You're not going to own lands you've not even seen before. You've only known a flat land with a Nile River that was irrigated by pumps and systems that men used their feet to transport water from the Nile to the rest of Egypt. You read the book of Deuteronomy, God says to them, but now I'm leading you to a land flowing with hills and valleys that is watered not by foot, but by the Lord of the heavens. Tell someone new experience. But for new experience, you need the law again. But this time, God's saying, not like I said to you before. Now, don't mess up the inheritance you're about to conquer. And I, I can't get away from this, brethren. I know, I can taste, I can feel. It's like right here. God is saying, you're going to conquest. It's time for inheriting the promises Prophetic, will, prophetic promise is about to come to pass. We're going to taste it, hold it, feel it. It's going to be, you know, would like to work or to go in a wilderness journey that should have taken you 11 days, but you go and it takes 40 years. It should have taken 11 days. We're there. But you know what, God? Circular motion. Why? I'm testing what's in your heart. The sooner you learn the lesson, the sooner you can go on, right? But only after 40 years. So by the way, God killed off that whole generation. And he used the young people, right? So there are, there are good things ahead for us. My fear is, God's fear is, before you enter, this is before Jericho, before they go in, God says, well, I need to remind you of a few things. I led you for 40 years. I preserved you. Not one of your sandals wasted. I was testing you. I was disciplining you. Now that you've come to this place of strength, approach your position with a new mindset. 
keep my commandments. Verse 7, the Lord is bringing you into what? A good land. Say good land. Say good things. I can't explain these things. I'm feeling in my spirit. It's a good land. It's a good thing. A land of brooks and water, of fountains and springs, flowing in hills and valleys. All these things have prophetic import. Verse 8, watch. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. This must have bamboozled the Israelites. Wow. Everyone say, wow. Come on, say it like you wow. Wow. God wants to wow you. Yeah? God is saying, what, you, what I'm about to take you, you don't even have the mentality to steward. So upgrade your thinking because that mindset with which you left Egypt will not persist as you go now. Don't take an orphan mindset into some sonship inheritance. You're going to abort the thing. Amen? I'm finding I have to adjust so many things in my life presently. God is saying your mental structures are insufficient to handle the kind of magnitude of blessing I have in store for you. So my son, upgrade. Think differently quickly. Think differently very quickly. A land where you will eat food without scarcity. How's that? Mm. In which you will not lack anything. This is God's promise, guys. You will not lack anything. In which you will, a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. What's that? Mining. Industry. Hallelujah. You sound very excited. <laughs> Verse 10. When, now here's the command, here's the caution. God says, yeah, I can see the Israelites by this time are hitting the ceiling. Whee, no scarcity, hallelujah. Olive trees, wow. Oh, honey, hallelujah. Wheat, barley, pomegranates, whoo, hallelujah. I can see the ecstasy levels by this time I've reached the ceiling, not so? And God brings them right down with this verse. God says, when you have eaten and you are satisfied and you shall do what? You shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Here's the sad verse of Deuteronomy 18. Everyone say beware. God issues a caution. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. How do you forget the Lord your God? He tells you by not keeping his commandments. Listen carefully. I taught this principle in the first series of the CDs there, the primacy of the word. I say this to you. God is forgotten when his principles are no longer adhered to. When do you forget God? We don't keep his word, right? I, if I come and challenge you, let's say Nicholas, I say, Nicholas, have you forgotten God? Me? Pastor, no, I don't forget God. No, God's always in my mind. That's not about what he's talking about. You forget God when you don't adhere to his principles. That's God's definition of you, my son, have for forgotten me. So tell someone, don't forget him. But you see, Blessing has a subtle, seductive effect of luring the one blessed away from principles that got him there in the first place. We have amnesia sometimes. <laughs> we forget things. Okay? And then verse 12. Oh, well, let's just read this. Verse 11. Not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. 
Otherwise, watch, here's the caution. When you have eaten and are satisfied and you have built good houses, like the one that Bruce just bought, right? Here's a caution and you live in it. Here's the caution. You, you join the blessing now. God says, watch. When your herds and your flocks multiply, your silver and gold multiply, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart does what? Your heart becomes proud. That's why I said when God blesses, stay humble. Peter said, forgive me, I'm a sinner. That blessing, right? Lest your heart becomes proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. Look, when you are a millionaire, my son, do not forget the Lord your God. You stay, you stay true to the principles of God's word in the name of the Lord. And everybody else that wants to be a millionaire, that's for you too. I know he's going to be one. Do not be seduced by money. Do not be hoodwinked by what God does. You always remain humble. You never forget the Lord your God. Yeah? Verse 15, I'm getting to verse 18. Okay, verse 15 says, He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness... He fed you manna, which your forefathers did not know, that he might humble you, to test you, to do good for you in the end. Here's a word of encouragement to someone. Some of you think, why is God so nasty to me? Some of you, I think I can read your mind, some of you. Why is, why is he got favorites? Why is he doing this for that and nothing for me? Here's a word of encouragement for you. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I say to you, because you're in the service today, just come back, that everyone say in the end. I submit to you, you're not even dead yet, so that's the mercy of God, right? You're here. Tell someone you're here, right? And I'm saying to you, no matter how hard things have been, He has tested you, because in the end, He wants to do good for you. God, you know, I've got a new revelation of how loving He is. Tell someone he's a loving God. When, when the Bible says God is good, we have no idea of that statement. I, I challenge all of you, study the goodness of God in Scripture. He's a good, good Father. The love of God, the goodness of our Heavenly Father is good. Amen. Tell someone he's good. Verse 17. Otherwise, you might say in your heart, when he says... Be careful that you will be blessed and all this happen. God, you might say in your heart, what? My, my power and my strength of my hand has made me this wealth. And then that famous, famous verse, verse 18. But you shall do what? You shall remember what? Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth. Why? So that He might con. Firm his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is this day. Tell someone, never forget the Lord. Amen. I think today was a very good injection of the Lord's heart through Bruce's testimony, the song, even the short word of exhortation. I think God is got his hand upon us. Amen. I want to encourage you, church. 
The verse I wanted to share was Joshua 3, 5. I'll do it later on. Where God said to Joshua, sanctify yourself. For tomorrow, I'm going to do wondrous things amongst you. And the word wondrous means extraordinary, difficult by human account. But God says he's going to do wonderful things. Well, let's keep our hearts humble. Let's allow what God does for us to reveal who he is to us. Amen. So may the Lord bless you, church. May the Lord enrich you in every way. I speak wholeness to every family in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wholeness, health, satiation, fullness, completeness. I speak satisfaction with godliness that will be your contentment in Christ. I speak peace to your mind. I speak peace to your family. Settlement. The rest of the Lord be yours. Rest, declares the Lord. My son, my daughter, rest in me. I have things in hand. The Lord says to you, in the end, I will do good for you. I'm simply testing what's in your heart. But in the end, I will do good for you. And your latter will be greater than it was at first, than your beginning. And the end of a matter is always better than the beginning, declares the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God by not remembering His commandments, but keep Him ever before your heart. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.